What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, where you can get all your concert photos, show reviews, and so much more. And with me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing this uh, late evening? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm staying awake. I got my snapper. We're killing it. Yeah, I have, uh, I'm still drinking the uh, Sam Adams from the last episode, or potentially the first episode, depending on how we put these out. And uh, I'm going to go... I just got back from the Norman Jean show, and uh, I'm going to finish doing this and then go have some beers with Corey from Norman Jean. How was that? Was that a good show? Um, so... Oh, no. It wasn't a good show. No, it, it was fine. Uh, Fifth Rear King and Norman Jean have both played this this town plenty of times and very recently and played in the same room which is actually not the room they were in tonight and both were i mean the last time i saw norman jean was the he is legend norman jean tour on the polar similar uh, album cycle and it did maybe like 200 people in a 400 cap room so half filled uh fit for a king played in the same room i don't know how long ago but did about the same thing so i wasn't expecting too much you know i was expecting maybe a half full 800 cap room and it was a pretty – if I had to put a number on it, probably around six – a little over 600 people there. So really filled. Uh, I didn't get there to see Currents uh, or the other band. I can't remember who they were. Um, but I got there just in time to see uh, Norma Jean. And I guess I either A, just have never noticed this or the where I was standing, just I was like right in line with, with the bass tone. But I never realized how cut how much the bass tone cuts through in Norma Jean stuff. Like it, it almost sounds – out of place like the tone but then there's time because it kind of has like more of a, a, a like a a higher end sound while everyone else is kind of more low and kind of sludgy yeah and i was just kind of like a couple of times i was like huh i never realized like how much like the bass really can be felt and noticed in norma jean's music uh even having seen them recently very recently and so forth so <laughs> that was kind of interesting to me and then you know i had actually sent you a message where i was like man this uh this the band has so much hair like Corey has a shitload of hair uh the guitar player on stage right uh has a lot of hair the bass player has a lot of hair everyone the drummer has a shitload of hair and i was like and they i don't know if it's like the tour thing you know because sometimes bands will do like a tour not a prank but just like a thing they all do and i think everyone's growing mustaches because like everyone's got like really interesting kind of eh, shitty mustaches kind of going as long as they're not pedo stashes i mean i think we're okay no not no i mean but they're yeah, but it was like this thing where I, I had texted you, especially when they were playing the new song off of the upcoming record, where I was like, the look of the band is that of like a stoner sludge band at this point. Totally, totally. I, I feel the same way about He Is Legend most of the time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, I mean, they, they've actually descended into that a few times uh, in, oh, their, yeah. in their discography. But uh, no, so I, I got I to gotta share my Norma Jean story. Uh, <laughs> so... If anybody follows me on on socials, you know that I went and saw Zeo on uh, Sunday. Uh, their their tour with uh, with Hollow Earth and and Wolf King and uh, yeah, that was a great show. Uh, I definitely had a lot of drinks. I had people buy me a lot of drinks, which I was not ex- which I was not expecting at all. Um, I brought I brought Zeo beer. Uh, I gave them uh, a couple of cases of St. Louis's best and uh, sent them packing with that. And uh, it was a great time. My issue is, is that that Norma Jean and Fit for a King were coming on Tuesday, and so like I, you know, I went to work the next morning for some reason after that show. I mean, we we must have got home at like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and uh, what was funny is that, well, it wasn't really funny, but I guess it was like Tuesday night 
or Tuesday in the afternoon, I got a mat. Like I ended up coming home from work and it was a big thing. And I, um, ended up having just a massive migraine. And like the last thing I want to do, if I have a massive migraine is go see Norma Jean, you know, um, they're not going to help that very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was very frustrating because I, I really wanted to go to the see the show. I wanted to touch base with Corey and, and, um, you know, and, and just, you know, give him a couple high fives and all that good stuff. Uh, which I mean, I, you know, I had plenty of high fives with Zayo before. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fulfilled in that, re- in that respect, but, uh, it was definitely, uh, definitely a huge bummer for me not to get to see the show. So I, I definitely lived this show vicariously through John, um, just because you know I, I wanted to hear the new Norma Jean song, and you know their their newest track is probably the heaviest, like like tuning wise. Oh um, yeah, I've, I, I've ever heard from them, and you know they uh, definitely are are hitting that sludge factor uh, that I like so much in heavy music. And yeah, I was super super bummed out to have missed that show. I, I can't even. Um... But I mean, on the flip side, Zaya was really good. Uh, they they killed it on they killed it on on Sunday and um, they were great. They uh, it was so funny. We we uh, so so it's weird in, in Missouri and I don't I don't know how it is in other states, but like in, in St. Louis especially, like the thing that the thing that was most shocking to the Zayo guys is that we were we were all just standing outside the venue drinking beer in the street. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. Most apparently, places. apparently that's not legal anywhere else. And. Uh, because, like, we're, we're sitting there drinking or whatever, and, like, cops are driving back and forth. Like, they don't care, you know? And uh, we, we just sit, we're sitting out of the back of uh, my buddy Alex's uh, uh, Prius, and we had the whole thing stocked, the whole back of it stocked with beer. And so we're just sitting out, we're just sitting outside on the street uh, drinking. And uh, it's so funny. So, like, Scott from Zayo comes down uh, when they were done eating dinner. And he's, he's, he's like, what did you bring, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, brought all this stuff or whatever. He's like, hold on just a second. And then... Uh, he walks over and starts talking, and then Dan from Zayo like makes a beeline for our car, uh, <laughs> like immediately, and he's just like, "Hey, hey, what, what do we got going on over here?" You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they they were pretty shocked that we were just standing out there drinking, and uh, we at the end of the night we still had some left, so we uh, they they packed it all up in their coolers and and, and took off. It was a uh, definitely a good time. I remember we were trying to chat or whatever after the show, but like I don't know if you've seen Zayo live before, John, but like they are so loud so loud uh when they play that it i mean i could i had no voice because i was like screaming all the songs and um we got we we got pod podcaster preference uh uh you know viewing so i was dead center like right at the front or in front of the stage see everyone knows you gotta you gotta utilize your friendships or whatever and get on the like right behind the guitar cabs that's where you need to be side stage well, you know, it's funny. I wasn't. I didn't do that. I probably could have done that if I had asked. But I'm such a hardcore Zayo fan. I had to be just front and center uh, to the stage. And then I, you know, Jeff uh, from Discography Discussion was. St- he was basically like fighting people off to keep them off me the whole time. It's like we don't want to ruin this. This is Dan's experience. We don't want to. You know, uh, it was like so. Yeah, I, I, had, I had like an army of goons behind me, like defending defending me from the pit and everything, and. Because uh, I'm old, man. I can't. I can't go into those pits. I'll die. And uh, you know, maybe that makes you less metal. But that that was a great show. But it's so funny. I'm. We're trying to talk to Scott after the show, and I'm like, I probably sounded something like this. You know, when we were done, and I couldn't hear anything. So like, every time they say anybody say anything, I'd be like, Can you repeat that? I I don't know. I I don't know what you said. And they're like they're like, dude, just go home. They're like, when do you have to be at work tomorrow? I'm like, seven a.m. They're like, ugh. <laughs> 
Yeah, the nice thing is I don't have to work, so I'm I'm looking forward to uh going out and having some beers and, and meeting Corey. Um I mean, it's kind of it's well, I guess actually let's uh let's do the thing that we're supposed to do typically in these and uh introduce who is actually on. Hey, John 5. John 5. So this interview was actually supposed to be done uh, shit, 3 months ago, 2 months ago? It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah. Um and unfortunately John where he was at at the time the venue had just bad cell service, so I wasn't able to do the interview. So then he was like, call me back in like four hours. So I call him back, nothing's going through, and then the publicist sends me an email like, hey, unfortunately, we're going to have to reschedule this. Like, all the interviews that were like at your time and beyond and all that, like, just, you know, it's not going to happen. So, you know, I'm kind of bummed because, you know, John Five is a great interview. Like, if you ever watch or listen to anything he does, He's great. He has really fun stories. He he talks at length, you know, kind of very much going off of some of the interviews we've been putting out lately. Like, everyone we've been having lately is pro as shit. Like, you know, they just give you good content. And so, you know, I was looking forward to this. And, you know, unfortunately, like, I called John, and then I see the thing that I used to record, the, you know, the other person's end of the conversation. It's not working. It's not – It usually as soon as I call on Skype, it, it just starts going. So that way I don't miss any anything. And it wasn't going. I couldn't click on it to start it. And I was like, shit, like, what's going on? And then I was, like, trying to fuck with it, and I just couldn't. And I was like, John, I'm going to have to call you back in, like, two minutes and figure this out. So to me, I was, like, really disappointed. So I was like, oh, man, this is starting off so bad. And then, like, the first couple of questions I got into, I was like, I don't really think he cares or these are kind of eh, questions or whatever. And... You know, then I got the first, uh, that's a really good question. And then from there, I felt better as we went. But um, there is one question, and I'll save it for the outro because we've, we've been blabbering quite a bit already. Uh, so I will tease you. There is a question I wanted to ask, and I will tell you when we get done with this conversation with John 5, and we will talk to you then. <laughs> Pleasure of talking to John Five this uh, well early afternoon for me. I think it's still early morning for you over there in uh, Portland. I believe is where you're at today. Uh, your latest album, yeah. Invasion, is what? We're a week week out as of today. No, it came out the 31st of July, which was like a week ago though, right? Because mu- music comes out on what's Fridays it? now, <laughs> which still throws me. Well, let's see. What's what's the date today? Today is the second. No, it's only been out. It's, it's only been, been out for two days. No, July 31st. And then there's August. Oh, first, that's right. And then you, you dropped you dropped second. it early. That's what that's what threw me. You dropped it on a non traditional day, which is now Friday. Right. Yes. Exactly. Okay, man. I'm like I was saying. I'm still. I'm old, and I remember when records still came out on Tuesdays, and I'm still not used to things coming out on Fridays. And you threw it even more a loop for putting it on 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 what? That was a, a Wednesday, so a day after it should have came out the old school way. Yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter when. Uh, things come out. I just wanted to put it out on my birthday and, you know, give it, give everyone a gift, you know? And so, uh, you know, people have really enjoyed it and, um, it's been high. I'm just so shocked. It's just been getting such great reviews. I'm so happy because, you know, it's an instrumental record and that's like, I just couldn't be happier. 
and it's all for the fans. You know, it's all because of the fans, and that's that's the truth. You know, something that kind of surprised me because we were supposed to have done this chat a while ago when you were actually on the Invasion tour. And, you know, at that point, you had only had three singles out at the time, and, and we weren't, as fans, weren't sure if this was going to be an EP, if it was going to be a full length, if these are just going to be, you know, their own thing. And, you know, here on this podcast, something we kind of talk about a lot with people is, you know, in today's musical climate, you know, is EPs or singles kind of the way to start going, or do fans really want an album? So it kind of makes me wonder... Did you feel that this was a better way to release and get people geared up for what would be Invasion, or was there a, a potential for it to be released only as like those three songs as an EP? You know, I of course I don't have all the answers, but I just go about what I like, and um, what I like to do is I like to release singles because I think of like certain records. There's so many songs on these records that are so great, but people are only listening to the singles. So I thought, you know, why not just release, you know, singles and then have the physical record come out a little bit later. And it really seems to work for me because I put so much hard work into these, uh, these songs and I want everyone to uh, enjoy them. And I think all the songs are very special. Yeah. You know, something when listening to this record, and you know, admittedly, I'm not, I don't listen to a lot of instrumental records because all I keep thinking about, and it, it's my hang up and I get it, is like, I'm like, oh, this would be, I hear like a vocal melody maybe that would go here. And I understand like from your perspective, that's where guitar solos kind of come in is to kind of counteract what's, for most fans, maybe what's missing. But I really enjoyed how free flowing this album is while still maintaining a sense of identity and cohesion throughout, like it doesn't feel like anything shouldn't be on this, this collection of music, which is invasion. And I wonder how hard it is when you're putting these songs together to make that happen. Like, do you pay attention to the track listing and, and where things are, or is it all kind of a happy accident that that happens? No, everything is very, very carefully planned out. Um, I really, really try to make everything uh, flow really well. And I work on the sequence for a very, very long time. And um, yeah, everything is planned out. Every little piece and every little picture and every little note and everything, all the sequence. So yeah, it's, and I take my time with it, but it, um, you know, cause the album's going to be around forever. So I really kind of, try to take my time with it and do the best job I can. What, uh, you know, in kind of thinking about the, the track listing and the more I was kind of thinking about the various ways you could have put this record out, was there alternate track listings that really made the album, like that almost made the album the final version, but would have had it, would have given it a totally different feel? Have you, had, did you play around with it and kind of be like, oh, here it is, here's the final version, only to realize like, actually, no, it, it should go like this. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I uh, messed around with it quite a bit and I listened to it and, you know, listened to it and listened to it in the car and things like that. But, um, I really am happy with the sequence and releasing the singles. Like when I'm on tour, I'm like, here's a new video for everybody. You know, we're going to play it live. We're going to, you know, we're going to do this. I, I'm not saving it or anything. It's, it's just a, here's a new single, here's a new video, here's a new song. Let's, let's all enjoy it. And that's what music is all about, just for to be enjoyed and to be 
inspiring, like so much music has inspired me in the past. It's funny, speaking of being inspired by the past, and when listening to the, the song Invasion itself, uh, my my phone just kept repeating the song, and I didn't realize I had set it up that way on accident. But as I'm working, and I'm just kind of getting ensconced in this this oral soundtrack that you're providing for my day, I just got a really strong, like, Ridley Scott kind of Aliens vibe to it when I was listening to yeah. it. Yeah. And it really yeah. put a smile on my face thinking about it, because I was like, I don't know, like, it seems like a John 5, like, inspiration, like, watching more composers and more, like, soundtracks and scores and stuff like that, but t- I don't know if anyone has kind of said that, like, specifically, like, this room has a very Ridley Scott feel to it, uh, with that song, at least. That is true. That is absolutely true. And also, when you hear in the beginning you hear kind of like a wind sound. Like um, I would have to like really point it out, but there's like next, when you listen to it again, um, but that, this is what's really cool about it. This is one of those happy mistakes we were talking about. That's not wind. And it sounds just like wind. It's me. I have a, um, a Floyd Rose, like a tremolo bar, and I have it all the way down to the pig garden, just lightly, lightly letting a little pressure off. So the strings will tighten a little bit. So that's all guitar. It's really neat. I'm really happy how how that came out. Yeah, I got a very, like I said, I was thinking like that, or I was like, oh, I could even see this being like Predator, or like <laughs> just some something kind of like jungle, exactly. like space and, and all yes, that kind of stuff. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. It had a sense of uh, uneasiness, but familiarity to it. It was very, I don't know, it was very interesting to kind of be put in that space. And like I said, since it just kept looping, and the song actually works very well yeah. to just start over, and you don't realize that it's it's doing that until you look at something. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. Right, hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've kind of, you know, in doing my due diligence for this, have seen and read a lot of your interviews and watched a lot of them. And you're always talking, and even in the interviews, if you can see them, you're literally usually holding your guitar and, and fussing around with it. And, you know, you always talk about how you always have a guitar on you. You're always playing in some way, shape, or form, learning something, playing. And it kind of made me wonder, what is the weirdest thing you've been doing while you had a guitar in your hand and came up with something where you're like, oh, shit, what is that? I need to record this. Um, well, I have it. I have it right <laughs> here as we're talking. So um, I don't know. I always had the guitar with me, like in the bathroom and everywhere, you know, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So I don't know. I haven't really, I'm not sure. I just, because I always had the guitar with me. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm always playing. So yeah, the bathroom or outside with the gardeners or anything like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me wonder. And then I was, you know, something as you actually were doing it, you know, sometimes as you're thinking, you'll strum a chord. And I was always like, you know, it'd be really funny if what we don't realize as the person being interviewing you is that if you were knowledgeable on the chord shapes or the names or whatever, if you're actually giving us an answer (laughs) in using various chords or something like that. Oh, I think I... Yeah, I think I once did an interview and answered with guitar solos. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know, kind of speaking more to the, the gear side of things, you know, it seems like everybody now, uh, for various reasons, you know, a lot of international touring bands will, will have switched to profilers and so forth. Um, and, you know, just the fact that they give you the ability to dial in 
a lot of tones that, you know, instead of having to lug around a lot of gear, you can have the all in one nice package. But you're very analog in everything uh, in your setup and so forth. And it kind of makes me wonder, do you ever see yourself kind of going to something like that just for the sheer freedom that it gives you uh, when traveling? Or do you enjoy the, the tired and true plug-in, here all of my pedals and so forth, and, and the spontaneity maybe that can happen at any given point because of it? Uh, yeah, that is a great question. And I love convenience. I love convenience. I would love to, you know, use something that is very convenient because lugging things around you, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I just, I want to be completely honest with you. I just don't know how to use it that well. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm good at like turning knobs and plugging things in and stuff like that, but I'm not good at programming and I'm not good at all that stuff. I just am not. And that's the honest to God truth. I was trying to look up and see, have you done any of these like profile, like Kemper profiles or AFX profile, like packs uh, for anybody yet? Has anyone approached you to do that? Um, I've been approached, but I have not done it yet. But I, I, you know, I love convenience and I love those Kempers and I think they sound wonderful. I just don't know how to use them. Interesting. It was just one of those things like, you know, I talked to Red Beach a little while ago and he's like, ah, you know, like I can tell that they're, it's a process sound. They're not real, you know, and, and, uh, his guitar player and I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but, um, you know, he has one. He's like, it sounds great. And I was like, well, then it would seem like if he's got one and you know, it sounds great and, and how easy it is to use on the road, it would seem like you would want to use it. And he's like, yeah, no, but I just love the, the tired and true thing of plugging into an amp and like feeling the rumble of the amp and the, the cab and all that kind of stuff and stepping on pedals and, you know, and, and doing it the old fashioned way. And so I just kind of wondered, you know, it seems like you're very much a, an old school type of player like that. And it made me wonder if that's just your mentality as well or not. Not really. I'm not really an old school type of player. If, if it's very simple and great and easy to use, I'll use it, you know? Yeah. It's I'll use it. I love convenience and I love technology and all that stuff. So yeah, if um, somebody showed me how to use it, I'd probably use it and be totally happy. <laughs> You know, kind of speaking to the gear and, and technology, you have some really interesting, fun guitars, you know, some with LEDs, another one you have with antifreeze in it, which is cool. And it kind of makes me wonder, what else do you have in that brain of yours uh, that you want to put on into or onto a guitar uh, coming up? I would love to make a, like a, the whole guitar, like I play Telecasters, so I would make the whole shape of the guitar a video screen. And I would love, I would love that. I don't know how I would do that. Maybe put the electronics on top somehow, like where the binding is. I don't know, but I think that'd be a really neat idea. Hey, wait a minute. Let's see. Maybe a pickup can live on the binding of the guitar. The volume knobs can live at the bottom where the strap lock is, like at the bottom you know, of the guitar, that might work as we're figuring it out during this interview. <laughs> it was just one of those things, like, I feel like you're one of the few that so, like, yeah. kind of pushes okay, cool. what, you know, you, you're able to do with the guitar to kind of really bring out a lot of excitement uh, in, in your live show. So it just kind of, I was like, you've got to be coming up with something else. It's just like revolutionary in it. 
it's all entertainment, you know, and people just want to be entertained and I do too. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it, you know, just getting on stage and getting all weird. <laughs> um, this might be a little bit odd, uh, potentially. I don't, I haven't seen too much, uh, spoken about it recently, but, uh, I grew up on Rod Stewart and Steve Perry. I actually have a Steve Perry portrait tattoo. Um, so those are kind of two of my building blocks of music growing up. And you recently have worked with both of them, uh, Steve Perry more so on, I would say, a, a traditional comeback album, whereas Rod Stewart, you know, he had been doing a lot of stuff, but it's this is really one of the first records he had done that's his music, not like the storybook uh, anthology he was doing. So I kind of wanted to know, what does it mean to work with such iconic singers on new music after long hiatuses from doing such, and them reaching out to you specifically to, to help them, you know, bring this new music to fruition? Well, it's completely an honor because I love both those guys so much. You know, I grew up with them too. And I saw Rod on the camouflage tour and, uh, you know, just, I just love Rod Stewart and of course journey and Steve Perry and being such a fan. And then when I got the opportunity to write, I knew everything. I knew their whole catalog. So if they referenced something, I was like, yep, 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 yep. And, uh, that's, I love writing for people I grew up listening to, or I listen to now because I'm familiar with their life of music. So it's, um, it's such an honor and it's such a pleasure and it's such a treat in my life to be able <laughs> to do something like this. You know, kind of in, in myself and going back and listening to a wealth of Rod's discography, it's really interesting to go back and, and see the shifts in sound. You know, you look at the stuff he was doing with the faces and it's kind of more kind of like brat rock, kind of, you know, very like anthemic and so forth and just fun. And then there's that kind of like 80s era where it's like more tinges of electronic and, and, and kind of electro pop and so forth. But it still has a little bit of like that swagger that he's always had. And so I kind of wonder when working with him and having that vast majority of knowledge when you're working with him, do you, I get, and I haven't really figured out the way to ask the question, but it's just like, do you try to mimic something from a certain era or do sure. you just kind of, cause like to me, it would seem kind of, I don't know how your process is when you're working. Like, do they come to you and go, Hey, I'm thinking a mid tempo kind of song, thinking something kind of along these lines go, or is it more like, you know, I'm feeling kind of something like young Turks. I, I kind of want like an upbeat song like that. Go like, do they? Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. Yeah. They'll, like they'll reference certain things and, uh, you know, I know everything. I know all the songs. So, or they're like, yeah, I want a vibe like this or like that or that. And yeah, of course that works. And I'm like, and I'll try a bunch of different ideas and do this and that. And that's how we just start coming up with things. In working with people who have been in the industry as long as they have like that, what is something that you glean from them uh, in, I guess, in just the, the music business side of things, maybe that they're able to teach you? Oh my God, I'm a, I'm such a sponge because these people have done it. They've paved the road. They built the streets, you know, they, they know exactly what they're doing. So I am such a sponge. I listen to everything, everything they're talking about when someone's giving advice, 
you know, when, when two people talk to, you know, most of the time, one person is giving advice to the other person. No, next time you have a conversation with someone, try to, try to notice, try to pick up on that. Cause that happens a lot. Some person is giving the other person advice in some way, um, from experiences or whatnot. And when I am sitting with, um, you know, my heroes or legends like that, you know, I listen to everything. I try not even to talk. I am just listening. I'm trying to take as much in as I can. Cause it's the best advice you're ever going to get. How hard is it to, cause I mean, something that I, in doing this podcast now for almost three years and talking to a lot of people that I've long admired, there sort of becomes this separation of fan to the fandom kind of goes away because you have to be a professional and you have to express yourself and, and be a certain way. But I also know that there's still that kid inside me that, you know, loves, you know, getting a record, opening it up, looking through the liner notes, taking everything in, noticing the nuances in a pair of headphones and so forth, going to see live shows, noticing the interactions between the band members and so forth, like just all of that ancillary shit, really. But it's one of those things where I kind of wonder, as someone in your position who has become friends with a lot of your, the idols that you aspire, that inspired you, how hard is it to, when you're working with them, to kind of keep the fandom down a little bit? Uh, you know, just like you said, it is, you have to be professional, but I don't care who you are from, um, Eddie Van Halen to Jeff Beck to Eric Clapton to Paul McCartney. They all, all of them, all of them have their heroes. There's not one musician that doesn't, or they wouldn't be in that business. If you're in that business, you always have a hero. I was watching a documentary on Bill Wyman called The uh, Quiet One, and he went to go see Ray Charles. And he was so taken back and so freaked out because that's his hero, you know? And Bill Wyman, I mean, the Rolling Stones, the biggest giant band in the world, you know? And he was so taken back by Ray Charles, he could hardly speak. And, and that's wonderful. So, because we all have our heroes, all of us, like Paul McCartney, they loved, you know, um, Ray Charles and they loved little Richard and all this stuff. And Chuck Berry, they, it was her heroes. So even with you or I, doesn't matter. That's because that's what we do. We love music and we it all has to come from somewhere. We're all inspired by someone. Couldn't agree more. Who is someone that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to? Uh, I've worked with so many people. I'm very content. And I don't say that with anything other than because it's such a blessing what I've done. I don't want to seem like, uh, you know, well, I want to work at this part. I'm so happy and content with everyone I've worked with. It's, it's just a, a dream come true. So whoever comes along in the future, it'll be wonderful. It's funny. I was listening, listening back to a couple of various podcasts uh, that you had been on previously. You know, something that always gets brought up one way or another is, is your love of kiss, your fandom of kiss. 
And to say that you're a huge Kiss fan, I think, is putting it very, very mildly. Uh, your Instagram page, uh, your ancillary Instagram page, I think, would uh, prove why that's kind of a, a humorous anecdote. The thing is, you know, you were responsible, quote unquote, if I understood the Eddie Trunk podcast that you did, that you were kind of the reason uh, Gene and Ace kind of mended fences. And, you know, after that, it seemed like a lot of mending of fences was going on before this this farewell tour. So being the huge Kiss fan you are, I kind of, A, I wanted to get your take on the fact of the fans seemingly being disappointed with the presentation of this farewell tour. And do you think that we will ever see on this farewell tour, the, at least once, the original lineup back together for a song? Um, you know, I don't, I think, first of all, the end of the road tour is doing so well. It's doing great. They're doing incredible business, incredible business. The fans want to see it and they're going, they're buying tickets and they're doing great and they sound great. Um, to have, you know, Ace come up and have Peter come up, it would be just the, icing on the cake it would be incredible because it's all nostalgia for us you know we are here celebrating kiss their incredible career and to have them come up would be uh, a dream come true of course so we can only keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best um for that to happen but you know they're doing just great business as well and you know we can do nothing but applaud Kiss because for what they've achieved in their career is, you know, <laughs> it's staggering <laughs> and it's in- unbelievable. I, yes, I got to see the, uh, well, I guess technically the first farewell, one of the first farewells uh, back when I was still in high school and got to see the original band. So I always count myself very lucky that I, I got to see, you know, that. Um, Absolutely. Something, you know, kind of speaking, you know, there's a lot of bands that are, are calling it a day. You know, Slayer's calling it a day. Right now, they just announced their last leg of the final tour. And, you know, there's a band, you know, I think it was Gene that had kind of made the comment, you know, there are some of these legacy bands that maybe people want to go see them and support them, but the, the people aren't able to do it anymore. And so to kind of, I guess for lack of a better term, franchise it out. So there's there's people performing the music and it's an officially licensed version of the band to still continue going on. As someone who's played with so many people and, and a lot of you know legacy acts and legacy people, does that sound like something that you would be interested in or do you think fans would be interested in that? Um, I think that... That's such a great question. It's such a important question and such a huge question it depends on the band of course you know if um let's uh, it's so hard let's think about like frankenstein let's think about frankenstein so frankenstein came out in 1931 and which I think, I believe, or 1930 or 1931, I believe 31. And just imagine, there's been so many different Frankensteins. Hundreds, maybe. Even Robert De Niro was Frankenstein. Uh, You know, there's been Glenn Strange, who was 
Frankenstein. There was, I mean, everybody, it's gone on since the early 30s. But what if it was only Boris Karloff and then that was it? Even Bella Lugosi, who played Dracula, was Frankenstein. Lon Chaney Jr. was Frankenstein. Every, like, and this was still in the early times of Frankenstein when it came out because Boris Karloff couldn't do it. He couldn't have that weight on him. He couldn't have that, you know, he was getting older and he couldn't, he couldn't do that. But what if there was only Boris Karloff as Frankenstein monster? So you think someone like Kiss, like that's so massive and is the makeup and everything is as is popular as, you know, Ronald McDonald or, or Coca-Cola or something like that. I don't know. It's a great question. If, if Kiss got behind it, I think people would go. It's just one of those in light of the tribute band thing, seemingly like being a booming business uh, in the touring realm, that it's kind of made me wonder like, well, what if a band were to be like, here, we're slapping our approval on this and, and there it is. And that continues the next round. I mean, I'm trying to, I really wish I would have remembered to look it up, but there's somebody in a band and basically, I, oh, it was uh, Ricky Medlock, I think, was doing a Blackfoot band, but he was writing writing with the band, but the band was going out as Blackfoot with no original members. And so I think that was one of the first times I'd really heard of the one of the original members being like, I'm still going to write with the guy, so it's still going to kind of have our sound. We're not going out anymore. So if you want to hear these songs, here's the band-approved variant of this. And so it's it's just a really interesting time right now to, to see this shift and it's kind of unprecedented. So I don't know. It's been something I've been kind of thinking about a lot lately. And uh, I don't know. I just figured maybe you might be, have an opinion. I on think it. people would go. I think people would go. Cause here's the thing. We are music. You and I are music nerds and we love it. We go crazy for it. Right. Um, hold, I got to put you on hold for one second. Hold on. That's my other interview. So I'll sum this up. It's, you know, you and I are music nerds and we like talk about it, but let's take the people that work and they're want to get out and enjoy a night out, you know? Um, and they're like, Hey, we want to go see so-and-so and they're playing. They, they want to go have a night out. They want to have a good time, enjoy life and get away. Just like if, I do that with the movies. Hey, I want to go see Carrie. Well, it's not the original Carrie that came out in 19, you know, in the seventies, you know, it's a new Carrie that came out in 2018. It's like, you know, but still I want to go see it. I like the story and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I think, I think it would work. Well, uh, in light of the fact that your next interview is already calling, uh, where can people find you? And uh, I know that the what you're doing the rest of the year, you got the Manson Zombie Tour, which is actually coming through here in two weeks. Uh, so looking forward to hopefully catching you guys at that show. But where can people find you online? Um, I am very active on my Instagram, Facebook, and um, my website, john-5.com. And we are going to be releasing a new, doing a press release for a new tour coming up. And that starts um october 30th so just watch for uh upcoming dates it's going to be crazy 
Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. And like I said, hopefully uh, looking forward to catching you in two Mondays from now. All right. Thank you very much. Yep. Enjoy the rest of your day. So that was my conversation with John Five, guitarist for Rob Zombie, ex-Marilyn Manson himself, uh, Rod Stewart, Steve Perry, like just a shitload of people. Um, so as I was saying in the intro before we got into the conversation, there is a question, and I had heard John Five on Justice Podcast many years ago. Like I think it was like in the first hundred that Justice did. So this is like yeah. way back, and somehow Justice in the ever present way that Josta only can segued into something so out of left field and he was just like oh so I, I hear you like tit fucking or whatever <laughs> and apparently that's like John Five's like thing like that he loves um, so I was gonna mention something about it <laughs> but I just I had nothing that I wrote there was just no way to bring it up where you're just like how so like, i don't know i just i just think it's it's so funny that it's like you know because some people are very uh shy and not vocal about you know things that they're into or i guess perceived fetishes and so forth and so it was just very funny that it's like oh he, he loves uh you know tit fucking and who doesn't <laughs> i guess <laughs> but it was just funny because it's like obviously if you've seen uh the new video for i want it all and it's just you know boobs aplenty well yeah I'm surprised he doesn't have like a boob guitar. That would be, I think that'd be really hard to play. I mean, you definitely would wank on it. Well, yeah, for certain. But like, I mean, I just feel like the distraction level would be way too high. I mean, have you seen his guitars? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> He's probably oblivious to it now. <laughs> yeah, but that was definitely a question and something I wanted to bring up. I just had no idea how. And then I was like, would he, would he be like, yeah, because like he seemed really into it on the Justice show. So. Right. I don't know. I just sometimes, you know, you remember weird things and, and side tangents that happen on other shows. You chickened out, John. You chickened out. I did. Um, but no, I thought, you know, there's some, some interesting things in there. You know, I, I definitely liked, uh, you know, because I, I definitely know that he always has a guitar on him during interviews and so forth and just in general. So I thought it was funny that he, he you couldn't hear it until I asked him that question. And then it was almost like he was like, oh, it's OK that I'm playing. Do, 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 do. And you can hear him playing throughout the rest of the interview. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. I was like, dude. Put the guitar down. But then I was like, you can't tell John Five to put the guitar down. No. No. And then I also liked how, you know, in light of the crazy guitars that he's had custom made, that I was like, oh, what's, like, something new and crazy and innovative you're trying to do? And then he's like, well, I want to put TVs on my guitar. And then I, <laughs> and then I was just like, like, in the pick guard or, like, an LED screen or, like, what? And he's like, you know. Let's figure that out right now. Yeah. <laughs> And I was totally ready to try to figure it out, even though I have no idea. Like, I have a basic understanding as a guitar player, like, how all the electronics are and where the pots are and stuff like that. But it's, like, to do something like that, the only thing I can think of is either somehow you make – I mean, because people have, like, LED-style guitars, like, where a part of it lights up or something. But, I mean, to, to have it broadcast something, that's that's where, for me, I, I have no clue how you do that. Um but I, I don't know. Maybe that's the start of a, a, a new idea, and maybe soon we'll see John Five uh, playing an LED like TV guitar. That'd be interesting, especially if he's like having old horror movies play on it. Oh, for sure, or his music videos or something. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And uh, you know, there's one more question I, I didn't get to ask, but I'll, I'll go ahead and prose it. You know, just for shits and giggles. But I was going to ask, so in light of you know the fact that he. That Zombie and Manson tour is is doing another leg. So soon after the 
honestly the catastrophe of the last one and it's not on zombies part at all obviously there's plenty of headlines made of of how manson was having health issues quote unquote and uh it was one of those things where a couple shows when because they were alternating headlining spots i know zombie because zombies whole band used to be in Marilyn manson at different points right that that all of them know how to play some of those songs so i was going to ask him how long did it take everyone to figure out like hey we can bust out beautiful people or, or whatever it was that they ended up playing yeah and if as a result of how that tour went if the band was like hey like let's figure out two more songs in case we need to kill some time on some of this, these dates. And I never got to ask that cause you know, we, we ran out of time, but it is one of those that it does make me wonder if when in light of how that last tour went, if, if zombie, the zombie camp basically comes a little more prepared. We can only hope so. But no, I, I also loved, uh, it was funny. I, I didn't realize initially when I was listening to the record, my phone's been really weird lately. Like when I play anything, it just loops the song and like, I don't, see that it's on like repeat or anything like that so i don't know why my my phone's doing that but it was funny that as i was listening to invasion i was like man this is like a really like cinematic song it feels like a ridley scott like i'm listening to like alien soundtrack or something in space and then it was really weird because then i was like i noticed like certain parts kept coming back and then i was like that's a really long song for like a a 40 minute record and then i looked at my phone i was like oh fuck this song's been like repeating for the last 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) But it worked. It still worked. Like, why do I want to go home so bad and watch Alien? I, I don't understand. You know, just because like the the intro kind of went a little bit longer talking about uh, Zayo and and uh, Norma Jean and not about John Five. That's so us, dude. I... <laughs> well, you know, we're catching up. We we actually haven't talked in quite a probably like almost two weeks at this point. Yeah, it's been a while. Because you went to we were supposed to do something and then. Uh, I think you were sick or something, and then I had something, and then you had Zayo the next night, and then uh, now I have a job, so like I have to get up early. And with the hour difference, Dan and I are, uh, you know, trying to find time. But uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe we'll go back to one a week. Maybe that'll be easier for our our new schedules. But uh, all that aside, uh, if you would like to keep up with John Five, well, he's currently out right now on the Manson Zombie Tour. So I think that's pretty much hitting every city. Uh, for the rest of this summer, so go check it out. Uh, as of today, of when we were recording, the Invasion Part Two tour uh, was announced. So pretty much, John Five will be somewhere around you uh, the rest of this year. So head on over to his website, his socials, whatever. Uh, if you would like to keep up with him, go to Facebook, Instagram, John Five Official, Twitter, John Five Guitarist. Uh, keep up with him. He's a he's a fun follow. I don't really know that you're ever going to see anything about titty fucking. So. Uh, I guess you're gonna have to pay Josta like five or ten bucks a month and go back to uh, find that episode and hear that. But it was it was a fun fun little tangent that they went on. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you can find them simply enough at metalnexus.net, Facebook at Metal Nexus, Instagram at metal.nexus, and Twitter at metal underscore nexus. And Dan will tell you where he can be found. I can be found on Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan. I can be found on Facebook under Daniel Terry. I can be found at Gmail. Actually, I set up my own Gmail account for this and. Uh, you can send me an email at discussmetaldan at gmail.com. And as always, you can find me ranting away on your favorite band on Discography Discussion at discussmetal.com. The inside scoop on all of that. Fair enough. And uh, for the inside scoop on this podcast, if you would like to follow us, simple enough, Bruce Speak Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Head on over to YouTube. Check out our podcast over there. We do have some of the in-persons that we've done posted there, the video of that. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Bruce Speak Pod. 
support us monetarily because uh, this isn't free for us to do. And, uh, you know, we would like to, you know, offset some of our costs uh, doing that. Uh, maybe we'll buy a beer and we'll uh, – maybe that should be a perk. We'll, we'll have solely a beer fund and you tell us what beers we have to get and try. And we'll give our honest opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, do that. And, you know, even if you don't want to do that, that's probably what we're going to do anyway. So uh, give us your money, as Jeff would say. And if you would like to email us, you can email us at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. Keep up with our show sponsor, The Bean Bastard, over at thebeanbastard.com. Facebook and Instagram at The Bean Bastard. And for The Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. We will talk to you all next time.